Next on BYU Sports Nation, the position group that holds the key to BYU football beating LSU. Greg Rubel will join us to tell us about his new show on BYU Radio and a cool thing about Canada. Plus, American Ninja Warrior hopeful Skippy Botan and the top 10 coaches BYU football will face in 2017. Jerem's seeing a little bit of red. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, July 19th, wherever and however you are dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with American Gladiator contestant in training, Jerem Jordan. How's that going, man? I would like to be called Nitro. Not laser. Laser Nitro. <laughs> laser cheap. Yes, what would your American gladiator name for real be if you were a gladiator? Not just a contestant, but one of the gladiators. Probably stick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Mantis. <laughs> Computer guy. Twitterer. Jerem needs an American gladiator name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I want some submissions. <laughs> we can call you 5140. Who thought of that game show, by the way? And if you're not I read aware. I article about it in SI like a few months ago about the origins of it. and Yeah, it was interesting. You think the gladiators were doping? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I think, I think uh, they hung out with the tour. Go and YouTube it. Go and YouTube it. You will be highly entertained at the segments. This, it was madly popular in the late 80s and early 90s. Like, it was such a big deal. It was primetime slotted. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that uh, A-Rod really liked that show, too. American Gladiators. I'm just talking about doping. And all baseball players. Barry Bonds, huge fan. Mark McGuire. <laughs> Sammy Sosa. Sammy Suser. What would Jerem Jordan's American Gladiator name be? I, I don't want to know. I'm, it's, is it as cool as Nerdy Ninja? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to talk to Skippy Boaton. Yeah, an American Bouton, Ninja Warrior or a guy who just competed on it anyway, BYU student yeah. on today's show. Yeah. We're bringing it, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe bringing it today. Maybe your American Gladiator name would be Skippy. There's a couple of athletes up here today. <laughs> Me, you, Greg, Skippy. Not according to some people from between the lines. Yeah. Let's not, hey. Trying to move on from that, man. That was yesterday. Shout out to the state of Illinois today. Big things coming your way with hashtag BYU50. Get ready for the swag. This time, Mormons are encouraged to go there as opposed to getting kicked out. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? Well, it was, yeah. I'm still not over that. I know. It's okay. I, <laughs> I totally understand. It's all right. We're back. BYU50, we're back. Where are they going to place a helmet? And I'm guessing they will. I don't know. But there better in, be one in Naboo. In, in Chicago, on. right? There's got to be on. one in Chicago, too, right? Where, where City of Joseph, let's go. Where would you put the helmet if you were in the great city of Chicago? In the middle of Soldier Field <laughs> with Paula C.K. <laughs> I would have Jim McMahon holding it up in the middle of Soldier Field. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah. BYU football reports to camp one week from today, people. One yeah. week from today. Yeah, report. So they show up. Yeah, they show up, they get equipment, they go through some orientation, that kind of thing. Then Thursday, they actually practice. And one week from today is our fall camp preview show. We will get you ready. Not to mention today we're going to continue the conversation with the position preview. 
We've been doing all the position groups to get you ready for fall camp. So we got you covered here. You know it. Yeah, BYU football will report to camp not only with a guy that is now sharing all of his music interests on Instagram, but a man who is part of a prestigious award watch list. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. That's right, Tanner. Don't call me Magnum. Mangum is one of 30 quarterbacks on the Davey O'Brien watch list given to the best quarterback in the entire country. Jerem's top two opposing quarterbacks in his 10-10, and 10, Nick Fitzgerald of Mississippi State and Brett Rippon of Boise State, also on that list, not surprisingly. My mental faculties, Jerem, are compelling me to mention our stat of the day right now. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. A BYU QB has won the Davey O'Brien Award more times for than any other school in college football history. Championship. How about that? 1981, Jim McMahon. 1983, Steve Young. 1990 and 91, Ty Detmer. I won it twice. In fact, I, Ty Detmer, am one of four players to win it twice ever. I'm pretty good. Absolutely he is. Yeah. How about that? BYU has more Davey O'Brien awards than any other school in college football. Not bad. Quarterback factory for a reason. Yeah. Well, BYU is also the last non-Power 5 team to win the Davey O'Brien Award and the Heisman Trophy. And a national championship. And a national championship. So basically, that's really cool. <laughs> nice little uh, bow tie on top of that, right? Yeah. Okay. What do we have from the NFL front, Jerem? Well, Cy Tautu and the New Orleans Saints, Spencer, since you asked me. In New Orleans. This, uh, starts fall camp today with the rookies. Tautu, remember, had six sacks to lead the Cougars last year. 11 tackles for loss. It's BYU. Yeah, listen. What does BYU do to replace that type of production? Just give up. In an important position. Or, we'll talk more about that in just a bit. Yeah, we'll tell you. Brennan Lund. To the baseball beat now. Went two for three with a run batted in for the Inland Empire 66ers and a 9-8 victory over the Modesto Nuts. The 66ers will begin a series against the Visalia Rawhide tomorrow. Women's soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood is ranked sixth on the college women's soccer website all-white kit. Uh, what? Ranking D1 women's soccer coaches. Rockwood was ranked 13th on that list last season, so she's up to number six. She is a tremendous head coach. Be always lucky to have her. She jumped seven spots, but she wants that number one spot. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. How to beat LSU. That's right. Positioning to beat the LSU Tigers. Our position group previews continue today with the oft-overshadowed, yet vitally important, critical Crucial. Paramount. We're talking, how dare you ever overlook these guys? Defensive line. Jerem, I believe the defensive line holds the key to beating LSU. They don't have to be great, but if they're good, just good, because an average defensive line won't beat maybe the best running back in the country, Darius Geis. How about this? Try this on for size. All four games LSU lost last year, they were 8-4, Darius Geis ran for less than 100 yards. Hmm. The Tigers were 6-0 when Geis ran for over 100 yards. You want to beat LSU or any good team for that matter? Hold them and their star running back to under 100 yards. And that starts with the defensive line. Yes, I believe it's that simple. Our college football insider Blaine Fowler 
agrees. When BYU's been really good and stayed in games with, with big times teams, they're able to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. Am I too simple-minded, Jerem? Am I too simple-minded in that? Maybe, but it's super important. The defensive line has been given a pass for many years here. The excuse has been, well, the scheme enables the linebackers to come up and make a lot of plays. In what world do you not care whether your defensive line gets sacks or not? Because if your ends can get in and get some pressure, now you don't have to blitz two linebackers and create a lot of open space in the middle of the field. If BYU's D-line can create some pressure on the edge, Corbin Kafusi, Sione Takitake, Trajan Peely, these, Uriah Leotow, these guys, not to mention up the gut. Now we're talking. Now Fred Warner, Butch Powell, and Francis Bernard can make plays in space, either blitzing, but dropping in coverage and whatnot. I'm tired of the excuse that scheme means, oh, the D-line, they just take up some block. How about they get some sacks too? I'm not talking like 10-plus for any guy. I'm just saying, can we have more of a side-tow-to kind of deal where guy gets six sacks, disruptive in the backfield. BYU's defense was really good last year. They stuffed the run, top 10. They were number nine. I want a few. I want a little more quarterback pressure, though. Yes. And Kalani Satake and Elisa Tuiaki's thing at Utah was great D linemen. That's the the. It starts up at Utah. D linemen. They produce D linemen in the NFL all the time. I think that's going to start to happen at BYU the next couple of years. You want to know why the team up north has been so successful defensively? Because they have great defensive lines. So. More for my argument. Yes, it's simple, but I'm sticking to it, man. If you have, again, they don't have to be elite or great. If you have a good defensive line, oh, my goodness. You'll be in a lot of football games. You will win a lot of football games. Tell me the last time, good linebackers. Tell me the last time like, BYU had a guy that put up big numbers with sacks on the defensive line. Probably Jane Jorgensen. And what did those teams do? They were good in the middle Absolutely. Last, they won really double-digit games. Yeah, two of those teams finished with eleven wins, and and Jan's skill set his did not translate to the next level. But honestly, that'd be not that's nice. But I'm more concerned about BYU's win total than I am. Not, not about getting to the NFL in this conversation. I think you can tie that in, though. Can you sack the quarterback yeah. at the collegiate level? Bronson on Kibusi the defensive line was a really good pass rusher. I wouldn't say he was one of the best in college football, but he was good. That's the last best guy at BYU, right? A couple seasons ago. Ziggy Ansah wasn't an elite pass rusher like over his career. He, he hadn't became developed that later. Yet. Yeah, yeah, he hadn't developed yet. He's been better in the NFL than in college. Like he's a late bloomer for obvious reasons. But I think BYU's got some talented guys. They're a little young, uh, but I, I want more end rushers who are going to get in there and just cause havoc where you go. Oh shoot, that guy's on their D line. If you have to account for a great pass rusher on the line. How much better will that make everything? The, how much better will that make the linebackers and the secondary? You're right; it disrupts everything, which is why I feel like it starts defensively in the trenches. But it's not just about beating LSU, as I said. Why not expand the conversation to those Furious Five games with our Twitter question today? Which BYU defensive position, position group will have the greatest impact against the Furious Five this season? If you know my answer. If you're familiar with the Furious Five? It is the five toughest games on the schedule, in our opinion. Uh, LSU, Wisconsin, Utah, Boise State, Mississippi State. Use hashtag BYUSN. At Twiggy or Stone, defensive line. They can fill the gaps and pressure the quarterback. It makes all the other positions more effective. You don't have to have a great secondary if your D-line's really good. Exactly! And I think BYU does have a good secondary. 
you're replacing Kai Nakua, but the other three starters are coming back. The linebackers are the bee's knees, right, for BYU football this year. All three back, Bernard, Warner, Powell. Oh, man. Okay, firepower with with that trio right there. They're really good. Secondary and linebackers will only be better if you can get better on the line. I'll tell you what BYU wasn't good at last year. They were one of the worst in the country in completion percentage by the opposing offense. Well, guess what? If you get because pressure on the quarterback. They didn't get enough pressure. When, when a team run, like BYU's mantra under Bronco Mendel and Kalani Stake has been a really effective rush defense. Because on first down, teams typically rush. So you set up in second and long, you're probably rushing for a short gain or throwing, you become a little more predictable. That's been a key for BYU for a long time, independent of coaching staff. Now if you can get more pressure on the quarterback, that completion percentage goes down, you get off the field more, you're getting more possessions, you're getting more points, you're getting more wins. The D-line's really important. It really is. And it's a position that BYU can recruit. Can BYU recruit what typically, let's be honest, the majority of the defense linemen are Polynesian. Can BYU recruit with its Tongan head coach good defensive linemen to come here and play competitive schedule on the ESPN? To me, this is the position group that is going to become, you're going to see the biggest rate of improvement among any position group at BYU under Kalani Satake. Yes. And, and it's going to take three to five years. I think next year we start to see like this, this jump. Not necessarily this year, although I think there will be improvement. Which BYU defensive position group will have the greatest impact against the Furious Five this season? Let's keep it rolling on the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Tana Chris says linebackers, most talented and experienced unit on the team. I understand that the linebackers on paper and from what we've seen in the past are out of this world good. But the defensive line, if they can up their game, the linebackers will only be that much better. It starts in the trenches. Coming up, we've got a ninja storm in the set after Jerem gives his 10-10 and 10 coaches that BYU football will face in 2017. But first, Greg Rebell joins us to tell about his brand new show. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio to all the countries of the world. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Are we in North Korea? If they have the internet, yes. But But do they allow it in... No, I, now, that's I a different conversation. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. It, hopefully it's, it's available, available yeah. to all of the countries in the world if they so choose to allow their country yeah. folk to have the Internet. And what's nice is we keep adding programs. And a brand-new show coming to BYU Radio starting August 2nd from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. It's called Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel. August 2nd, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, a weekly show. We're very excited to add that to the family of BYU Radio shows. And now joining us is that man, Greg Rubel. Greg, we're very excited about this Behind the Mic show. What can you tell us about it? Look where I've set myself up, behind the mic. Yes! In front of the So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be starting two weeks from tonight. Yeah, so uh, on BYU Radio, uh, Sports Nation re-air will air from 5 to 6 Mountain, uh, 7 to 8 Eastern, and then I'll take the air uh, live behind the mic with Greg Rubel right at 8 o'clock right after you guys, 6 o'clock Mountain, and it'll be uh, an hour uh, of BYU sports conversation. I hope to have... 
working on this, hoping to have a BYU TV sports personality join me mm. for the opening segment Talk of every, of every week's show. Open. Yeah, uh, I want a, a lot of David Nixon, a lot of Brian Logan. <laughs> uh, I hope to start the show each week with, with one of you guys, somebody from BYU TV sports, kind of bat around what's current, what's going on, what just happened, what's about to happen, and then launch into two what I might call kind of feature-length interviews with a, a current BYU sports personality, and then someone from the past in our Catching Up with the Cougars cool. segment. And the first couple of shows are lined up, some good people. And I think uh, I think fans will enjoy it. Yeah, you know, Chad Lewis is in the mix after post Ghana. Yeah, right? we're going to talk about his trip uh, to Africa and what then went down with Ziggy there. And of course, there's a, when you bring Chad on, there's no shortage of topics. I mean, he's done it all from being you know one of BYU's legendary tight ends to. Uh, helping a team to the Super Bowl, to all the stuff, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. He's done so many different things. He'll be one of our early guests. Uh, uh, Tom Homo, I think, has a really cool story that maybe not everybody knows about uh, his path from where he was growing up to now the BYU AD. He'll be an early guest as well. Uh, we're going to all, hit all the different sports. Uh, you know, We're going we're gonna to hit uh, pretty much everything on campus that has made news from a sporting sense. Uh, we'll kind of touch all those different areas. I'm pumped about it. Very cool. Play-by-play yeah. expert and now the voice of Behind the Mic with Greg Rebell starting August 2nd, 8 to 9 Eastern on BYU Radio, a new weekly show. Greg Rebell is with us in Studio B. We talked about BYU finding success against the five teams that we have dubbed the Furious Five, and specifically, which defensive group, position group, do you feel like has to be there for BYU to have great success? I don't know what you're going to define success as, maybe a winning record, winning three of those five, but... How will BYU be successful against the Furious Five from a position group defensively? Well, I think we all know what to expect from the linebackers and how good they're going to be. Very experienced, top-line talent with the big three. I think we expect the secondary, uh, having you know two freshman corners last year, played well and are now sophomore corners with a ton of potential, and they're deep there. I think we think that the, you know, uh, the back seven uh, is in a pretty good spot. The defensive line is the least experienced group on defense and the most might be expected or needed from them. When you play the P5s, it's invariably run and stop the run. And if it's a trench game, as they almost always are against the big boys, Wisconsin in particular, LSU, I think the defensive line will have to be among the strongest groups to emerge. And again, it is the word emerge because they are the least experienced. Now, I say least experienced, but most populous in terms of number of guys. 23, 24 guys on the roster right now are Defensive lineman. That's a huge number. And, and, and Coach E is going to use a ton of them. Uh, and so I'm, I'll just focus on defensive line and say when you play P5s and it's a trench game, you got to be good running it and stopping it. And uh, that's where I hope BYU's D-line to really emerge. Only seven sacks returning from that group. We lost some, you know, Tautu and Longy were, were big losses in that regard. But there's some good young talent there. The past couple of years, and maybe it's been a while, there's almost been this, I, I've called it this excuse that I'm kind of tired of, which is, well, they eat up blocks and let the linebackers make plays. You still want the D-line to get some sacks. And Corbin Kafusi, uh, you know, and, and Sione Takitaki, Trajan Peely, these are guys who can get sacks. Playmaking guys from the edge. Uh, I, they had 29 sacks last year. Not a bad number. If you, uh, again, defensive stats were only kept from 2000 onward. From then till now, that's the fifth best single season number. And again, that, that incorporates every position group, not just the D-line. 29 sacks isn't a bad number. Of course, it was 40 the year before. So you see a drop. It's still 69 sacks over the last two seasons with two different defensive coordinators. That's a pretty good result. I like the, I like the, uh, the, the stat havoc rate. Um, havoc rate incorporates... Havoc rate? It, it incorporates tackles for loss, which, of course, includes sacks. It incorporates tackles for loss, passes defended, that's broken up and picked, and uh, fumbles recovered. 
Okay, so you combine those three stats, you get havoc rate. Okay, and that's basically how disruptive is your defense. Well, last year, first year with Elisa Tuiaki, BYU was 33rd nationally in havoc rate. Mm. That's a good number. But front seven, 14th. So from the front seven alone last year, they were 14th nationally in havoc rate. That is the D-line and linebackers were making plays. And BYU lost four games by a combined eight points. Maybe I've undervalued BYU's quarterback pressure because I felt like BYU has not been getting maybe enough pressure on the quarterback. This led to high completion percentage for opposing quarterbacks and whatnot. Which is why I think we have to look beyond sacks for how much are you disrupting a team's offense. It's really reflected in those three areas. Are you making plays that disrupt the opposing team, or take them off schedule. It's all about, offensive football is all about staying on schedule. Can you keep your down and distance manageable? Can you keep the chains moving? If you take a team off schedule, you're doing your job. And again, first year, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki got really impressive results, and again, particularly front seven. Yes, you lose some NFL talent from that front seven, but I think the numbers are there and the talent is there in that front seven again. August 26th, BYU and Portland State to open up the 2017 college football season. But the first real test in those Furious Five comes against, of course, the powerhouse LSU. So just for fun, Greg, true or false, BYU's defensive line, that defensive front seven can limit a guy like Darius Geist to under 100 yards rushing. You know, predictions aren't really my wheelhouse in, in my job. I get a little hesitant to sometimes to lay it on the line in terms of saying this will or will not happen because in the course of my job, I kind of have to let things happen. But uh, whether they do or don't, they can based on last year's numbers. They played 13 games last year. Uh, six teams got to 100 yards or more as a team. Only three had 100-yard rushers in a game. So in 10 of 13 games last year, BYU kept an opponent's rusher under 100. So that, that, just, that shows they have the ability to, or they had the ability to do it. Now, who are the guys that got 100 yards or more on BYU last year? Well, Jeremy McNichols, Boise State, top 20 running back last year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Toledo, top 20, NFL, top 20 college running NFL back last year. Uh, Nick Wilson, 100 yards or more in his first two games. Then he was hurt Arizona back now and then missed most of the rest of the year. So we really couldn't tell on him. Uh, so those were good backs that got good yards, and yet BYU won two of those three games. So they can still allow the number and get the win. Darius Geis averaged 117 a game last year, averaged eight yards per carry as the second guy, realizing Fournette only played seven games, Geis was really the main man by the end of the year. So he may, ha- he may, he may get his yards because he's that good. I mean, it, it won't be a, a, a failure if Darius Geis runs for 100. He averages eight yards a carry. You give him 15 carries, and there he is if he keeps that number. That said, uh, BYU can allow some yards and still win a game as they showed last year. But there was a stretch last year, and we're talking P5 teams. Michigan State didn't get 100 as a team. UCLA didn't get 100 as a team. Um, so, again, I, I thought BYU as a trench team showed well last year in the first year under Coach E. When you look at, uh, we're one week away from players reporting to fall camp. Mm-hmm. We've talked about questions, what we think we know and whatnot. What's one of your biggest question marks for this BYU football team going into fall camp? Well, and, and I hate to uh, have the question kind of reflect a, um, a, a potential negative, but how healthy can BYU stay at its most key spots going into game one? and really game two, because you hope to be healthy through the first two weeks. Um, it seems that invariably a camp comes around, and, and, and it's just the, the nature of the game, especially with a longer time on the field now. You're starting in late July. I just hope and pray that BYU can stay um, you know, injury-free 
at the most key positions on the field, so the depth isn't really affected. I want BYU to be deep and healthy when, when games one and two roll around. So that to me is always the question is, is how much good fortune can BYU have from a health standpoint and get through camp with the guys they need to be in the spots they need. Of course, the coaches will always say next man up mentality, but I, I think the question has to be, can they be who they want to be heading into the season? And health is a big part of that. Tactically, I want to see how, um, you know, how the new tight ends emerge early. Uh, you know, MLP moves from a wideout to a tight end spot. Matt Bushman certainly showed well in the spring. With, with uh, Hunter and, and Tanner back, they're a deeper group than they were, and how, how much will they be used and how good will they look maybe early in camp. Uh, to, one of the great things about this year's team is there aren't too many really glaring question marks. I know a lot of people like to look at the wide receivers, but I'm confident the Coach Cahoon's group will be a playmaking group. Um, people tend to forget that you know Micah Simon and Akili Davis were redshirting last year. They're back in the mix, and there's good talent to come back. Uh, Jonah Trineman, he's a senior. Let's not forget, he's just had a second season, but it is his senior year. Guys really tend to embrace that as saying, this is my, my last go-around. Uh, so I, I really don't have as many questions as maybe others might do about wide receiver. I'm pumped about the group. BYU play-by-play man, radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell with us in Studio B. Your concern about staying healthy through camp is well-founded, at least based on the conversations that I've had with all the BYU football coaches recently. That's the number one thing yeah. they brought up is we we just have to stay healthy through fall camp, and that that is the hope when you go into August 26th. It is football, and again, invariably, it's just going to happen. You, you spend four weeks on the field, um, things, things just come yeah. up. Yeah. Yes, yes. BYU – we're talking about question marks, and we've been asking BYU Sports Nation fans uh, for the past few days to answer some pretty tough questions, starting uh, with this. Who will lead BYU football in rushing yards this season? Because there are a lot of guys that are setting up to contribute in the backfield. Yeah, and it could be the hardest question to answer uh, because of the number of guys who will be given the opportunity to establish himself and perhaps uh, embrace and occupy a, a workhorse role. That may or may not be the case with this year's team. Who knows if there will be a definitive every down, he's our go-to guy uh, candidate because of how many people there are that uh, are are options. I do think what we have this year is maybe the most versatile group in terms of who might be able to specialize in different aspects uh, of the run game. But uh, I'm as curious as anybody to see what, uh, you know, Ula Tolutau does here in his first season uh, off his mission. Um, You know, I I know people tend to, uh, you know, have – visions of Harvey Yunga part two kind of thing. Wouldn't it be great if that's who he turns out to be? Let's let him be his own guy right now. But uh, such an intriguing prospect. And certainly Squally's got the most snaps, the most reps, the most scores, the most yards. He's going to be the guy that everyone says, okay, you know, he's kind of candidate number one. And no one will be surprised if, if Squally emerges as the go-to guy. Certainly not. But I like the fact there are a number of different guys with different skill sets that can make the decision maybe not so clear-cut. Okay, we do this every time with you. Uh, we play the Canadian National Anthem whilst you inform us of a cool thing about Canada. Now, I, I can't hear the anthem, but I, I trust that it's playing. Okay, so I, I, I'll trust that it's, uh, that, that it's um, massaging the ears of our audience. <laughs> Indeed. So, the great comedian Jim Gaffigan said, said, there are two kinds of people who go bowling. Those who really, really love bowling... And those who say, wouldn't it be hysterical if we went bowling? So there's two types of people, okay? (laughs) Just like that, in Canada, there's two types of bowling. And the only kind of bowling I did before I got to BYU as a kid in the 80s was five-pin bowling. So in Canada, the big deal there, in Canada, 
Bowling is five-pin bowling. What? And the ball is about the size of a large grapefruit. No holes in it, for obvious reasons, because it fits fits in the palm of your hand. So the only bowling I knew about was five-pin bowling. I'd watch the Flintstones and say, what's Fred Flintstone doing with with a ball with holes, and why is it so big? Because all I knew was five-pin bowling. (laughs) So it fits in the palm of your hand, large grapefruit, and only five pins. And a perfect game in five-pin bowling is 450 because each perfect frame is 15 points because the pins have point values. Head pin five. The adjacent pins three. The corner pins two. 15 points possible. A 12-strike game is 450. A perfect game is 450 in Canada. And every year in the great country of Canada, almost 40 million people. The National Bowling Governing Body only sanctions about 10 to 30 perfect games. It's that hard. (laughs) There it is. Five-pin bowling, y'all. I didn't think we could go beyond the anthem. With five pin bowling. Sorry, I outran the anthem, did. didn't I? I outran okay. the anthem. Not by much. Right. Not by much. It was right. worth it. It was worth it. Again, <laughs> Ben's got to be in yours going, get him out, get him out. But <laughs> rap, anyway, there rap, it is. Rap. Five pin bowling, perfect game, 450. The, That's awesome. The plastic money, the unique time zone in Newfoundland, and I'm basically bowling, like. We're all going to be Canadian by the end of this, basically. It's one of my favorite. By the way, congratulations, things. Grandpa Greg, mm. first grandkid. That's yeah. very cool. It is very cool. Yeah. I feel like the young, cool grandpa. <laughs> Uh, I'm not yet 50, so, but uh, yeah, you are but, the young cool grandpa. Yeah, but uh, yes, our our daughter Jocelyn, son-in-law Matt, uh, gave birth to baby Jane on Congrats. Sunday, right on the due date. By the way, I'm a deadline guy. I'm a very you know that and she's she certainly inherited that from me. Speaking so. of deadlines, yeah. going to break. Yep. <laughs> Coming up, he's a ninja, kind of, and he's here to tell us about Greg his experience again? on American Ninja Warrior, Skippy Bowtown. But first. The top 10 and 10 coaches BYU football will face. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. You know how we do it. On demand, anytime, anywhere. In fact, we've been discussing the defensive line. We also talked with uh, Greg Rubel about his new radio show behind the mic debuting August 2nd. Not to mention how he feels about the wide receivers. There are some questions about the wide receivers, but... Gregor Bell's unique take on the wide receivers of this group. If you missed the first half of the show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn apps. Which BYU defensive position group will have the greatest impact against the Furious Five this season is our Twitter question today at Nelvin Wilson 7 says, D-line, got to take the running game away, make them play one-dimensional, and also get pressure on the quarterback to disrupt the passing game. The havoc factor. Oh, I like that a lot. Explained I, by Greg Rebell. I'm wondering why uh, Hurries isn't in there. It passes defended, replaces that, I guess, or something. I'm not sure. But it's what? Fumbles recovered, tackles for loss, and uh, pass defended? The havoc Those rate. Three. The havoc rate. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I like it. BYU Sports Nation just tweeted out an explanation of the havoc rate, as we discussed with the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. I feel like it's def- the defensive line, Jerem. Uh, unheralded, but my goodness. They should be heralded, though. They like, should be. Like, they can do things to be heralded. You know why they're unheralded? They, if they don't get enough sacks. Like, stopping the run is not heralded. You know what I mean? You're not like, oh, Tavita Moonga with his 18 tackles, three for lot. Like, it's not going to be heralded. No, but quarterback sacks. But it's important. Fumbles important. forced. Yeah, like those. Stopping the run's important. It's yeah. really important. It's actually probably more important than sex. <sighs> the havoc rate. 
I love it. I love it. Check out the explanation, BYU Sports Nation's Twitter account. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Tanner Mangum is one of 30 quarterbacks on the Davey O'Brien watch list given to the best quarterback in the country each year. Jerem's top two opposing quarterbacks in his 10-10, and 10, Nick Fitzgerald of Mississippi State and Brett Rippon of Boise State, not surprisingly, also on that list of 30 quarterbacks. Cy Tautu and the other New Orleans Saints rookies start fall camp today. Tautu had six sacks and 11 tackles for loss last season with BYU. He's a guy BYU needs to replace. Brennan Lund on the baseball beat went two for three with a run batted in for the Inland Empire 66ers and a 9-8 win over the Modesto Nuts. The 66ers open up a series against the Vesalia Rawhide tomorrow. Get him up. Get him up. Women's soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood is ranked sixth on the college women's soccer website All White Kit. Ranking D1 women's soccer coaches, rank, uh, Rockwood, Rankwood was rocked 13th <laughs> on the list last season. <laughs> That's pretty good. Someone tweeted in their um, idea for my American Gladiator. Okay, name. okay, what is it? Top Button Terror. Yes! That's pretty good. Yes, you're the guy on the top with the top button that's firing off tennis balls trying to hit the competitors. (laughs) Someone said for you, I'd be Crow, you'd be Knight, Greg would be Hockey Puck. Oh, Hockey Puck. At Laser Sheep said that. I would be Knight. (laughs) Nice. Tie into my uh, high school roots. Go Northridge. It's time that Jerem Jordan gets up on his soapbox for the latest 10 in 10. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem 10 in 10. Okay, today it's the coaches. We're doing 10 top 10 lists in 10 weeks, getting you ready for fall camp of BYU's opposition. Not listed in the coaches today, Portland State, UNLV, and UMass. Number 10, Brett Brennan, San Jose State. Yes, he went 4-8 in his first season with the Spartans, but he's coached at Washington, Cal, Oregon State, and Hawaii mainly as a wide receivers coach. Number 9, Nick Rolovich, Hawaii. It's hard for me to bring up Rolovich's name because he torched the Cougars for eight touchdowns and 543 passing yards as the QB in Hawaii to end BYU's undefeated 2001 regular season. 72 points! The most BYU's ever given up. He got Hawaii back to a bowl game in year one after a five-year drought. Yeah, well, Nick, guess what, Nick? Payback stinks. (laughs) Number eight, Scotty Montgomery, East Carolina. Montgomery played on three NFL teams. He coached with a quality Duke team. He also has two years of coaching experience in the NFL with the Steelers. He will help rebuild East Carolina after Ruffin McNeil was let go two seasons ago and then joined Virginia with Bronco Menno. Scotty will not beat the Cougars. Seven, Matt Wells, Utah State. He went 19-9 his first two years, turned down some bigger jobs. Solid. He might be on the hot seat this year because he's got 9-16 in the last two. 2014 team wrecked BYU's 20th ranking early undefeated season. That experience is too dramatic not to resonate and at least scare you a little bit in any given year against BYU. Matt Wells on the hot seat? Number six, Brian Harson, Boise State. Harson's Chris Peterson's replacement in Boise State. 31 and 9 in Boise. Nine NFL draft picks. Two and one versus BYU. Fiesta Bowl champs 2014. He's good, but he's not in the top five. Mmm, good but not good enough. Number five, Ed Orgeron, LSU. This is Coach O's big break. He got fired at Ole Miss, 10 and 25 over three seasons. But six and one is the interim coach at USC after Lane Kiffin. Didn't get that job. Six and two is the interim coach for Les Miles. Last season, he gets the job. He's the head man in Baton Rouge, back in the SEC. He's interim gold, Jerry. 12 and four, but 22 and 29 overall. I'm interested to see if he can take LSU to national championship contention. They need to start with a division title because they haven't won one in the last, or they've won one in the last nine years. Hashtag Roll Tide. Listen, it's different 
rallying the troops as an interim coach and then becoming the guy. I am a little fascinated by what he will do now that it really matters, and he is the guy at LSU. Speaking of SEC West, number four, Dan Mullen, Mississippi State. Ooh, a little lower than I thought he'd be. Mullen's the man who is a QB whisperer. Dak Prescott, Mississippi State. Alex Smith, Utah. Tim Tebow, Florida. Now he has Nick Fitzgerald, who's really good, one of the best dual threats, maybe the second best dual threat. Mullen has won nine or more games, two of the last three years, five and two in bowl games. Well, who's ahead of him if he's the quarterback whisperer? Number three. This one's a surprise. Jeff Tedford, Fresno State. Whoa! Tedford took over for Tom Homo at Cal. All Tedford did was go 82 and 57, produce 40 NFL draft picks. I'm going to repeat <laughs> that. 40. Won the Pac-12 once, five and three in bowl games. He made Cal football relevant. He recruited and coached Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn Lynch, Deshaun Jackson, Two of those guys were in the 2005 Las Vegas Bowl versus BYU. He went to the box as the OC, coached John Beck with the BC Lions in 2015. Don't forget that. He's been out of the college game for five years. Otherwise, he might be number two. Wow, Tedford over Mullen and even flirting with number two. Number two. What does he do at Fresno State? We'll see. Paul Christ, Wisconsin. Christ is the man after Gary Anderson left for Oregon State. 21-6 and six last two years. Holiday and Cotton Bowl victories. BYU can relate with that. Two first-round NFL draft picks last year. The Badgers took second, then first in the division the last two years. Wisconsin's good every year, man. Seriously. The Badgers finished ranked ninth in both polls to finish 2016. They're top 15, maybe even top 10 going into this year. And this is BYU's toughest team they'll play in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. But he's not the best coach on this list. Jerem, don't do it. And the number one coach do it. that BYU will face this year is Kyle Whittingham of Utah. The all-conference BYU linebacker, he's a good coach because he learned to BYU! Utah is one of the most consistent programs in college football. In fact, last three years, finished ranked 26-10 in every college football playoff ranking. Okay? That's good. There's no better coach in bowl games in the history of college football than Kyle Whittingham. 10-1. Eight NFL draft picks last year. However, Utah haven't won anything significant since the Sugar Bowl, and they haven't won an outright conference or Pac-12 South division title, only team in the division to do that. So he's really good trying to take them over the top. This isn't the year, though. But in terms of overall coaching, what they've done, Kyle Whittingham, to me, is the best coach BYU will face in 2017. Okay, just based surely on principle, because it's Utah and they're number one in the list that we produced on BYU Sports Nation. I, no, we didn't produce. I produced. You produced. I, I did. I, I, I had I did to give you a yellow card. I, I G- just Give I, it to me. I can't. You, give me a red card for no. Utah. It's red. You want, you want a red card? Give it to me. No, Let's because go. And that's, that's just adding more to their fire. Okay? This is yellow. <laughs> that's LSU, though. <laughs> or Duran. Scott Whittingham. I understand why you had to do He's it. So- Sometimes you have to take a yellow card, man. There was a breakaway. Yeah. You well, know? Well, I don't agree with your $50 a game coaching, re- or sorry, officiating uh, situation here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Whittingham is a very, very, very talented guy. And Amazing it just so happens coach. he is a product of BYU. So... We'll rest our laurels on that one. He didn't happen to go to BYU. He went to BYU. You see the difference? Yes. Where did he learn from the great Lavelle Edwards? It factors in. Yeah. It factors in. I did throw some shade at the end there, though. If you, <laughs> it wasn't all which raving. is why it was only a yellow it card. No positive raving. Why it was only it was that's why it was only a yellow card. <laughs> Listen, that game doesn't happen for I don't know, like fifty-two ish days. Because game number one is in how many days? Countdown to the Viking. 38 days. It's coming up quick. And next week, we'll be close to a, We'll be like a month away, and we'll be in fall camp. 
Players report to camp one week from today, yes. 38 days from a game. That kind of hit me like a train yesterday. I was talking to a neighbor, and he's like, what are you talking about right now? And I'm like, football starts in a little over a month. You're like, one, you obviously aren't watching. <laughs> Come on, man. we got some great content going yeah, on. Yeah, thanks, thanks for watching the show, bro. Jeff, Jeff whatever <laughs> your name is. Which defensive position group will have the greatest impact on the Furious Five? Up next, Taylor Skippy Bowton, a real American Ninja Warrior, sneaks his way into Studio B. How do you get in? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Next Wednesday, one week from today, is our BYU Sports Nation Fall Camp Preview Show. Regular time, noon Eastern time, BYU TV, BYU Radio. Hang out with us. We will get you ready. Up until then, and on that day, and forever, with BYU football, man. We are so close. 38 days away, baby. Which BYU defensive position group will have the greatest impact against the Furious Five this season? That is our Twitter brain buster today. I think it's the defensive line. In fact, Jeremy, I think the defensive line is kind of like Sean Astin in Lord of the Rings trilogy. Not I can't carry it, but I can carry you! Not the lead actor, but in a lot of ways the heart and soul of that movie, right? It's, he deserves more credit. Sean Astin deserves more credit for how good the trilogy is. I think they're the Urukai of... <laughs> Joining us now, the Nerdy Ninja. And that, that, that is a nickname that I am very, very intrigued to find out about. Skippy Botan, recently repeated in the regional qualifiers for American Ninja Warrior. Welcome to Studio B. Do you want us to call, to call you Taylor or Skippy or the, yep. nerdy, or the Nerdy Ninja? What do you prefer? Um, thank you for having me. Skip is fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll call you Skip. First of all, how did you get the nickname Nerdy Ninja? So... I got invited to test the course two years ago in Orlando, which is where they let people who aren't old enough to compete test out the obstacles to see how they do. And my mom was trying to come up with a name, and she's like, you know what? Let's do, like, the Nerdy Ninja. You like math? And it just ended up sticking from there. So you're good at math then? Um, love math and science. And is that your major? Actually, I'm studying history. Of course that you makes, are. That, that makes sense. That I'm makes good sense. at math, so I will study history. <laughs> uh, how'd you, yeah, so how'd you get involved with American Ninja Warrior? And you went to Denver and competed, I guess, last week or something? Um, it was May 24th. Oh, a long time ago. <laughs> um, so when I was eight, my family got cable, turned on the TV, and it happened to be the Japanese version of the show. And we were just instantly hooked and thought my dad was a superhero. So I asked him, like, hey, I bet you could do this. And he's like, I'm too old for this. You know, I bet you could do it one day. <laughs> I remember watching it. Was it on, like, G4? Yeah, it? G4. Yeah, yeah it, I remember watching that at BYU. What a great channel. <laughs> it's all dubbed over, and it's just hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so you you go and compete in Denver. What was that experience like, and how'd you do, and can you tell us? And Oh, it was an incredible experience, and since the episode aired last night, I can tell as much as you guys like to know. Okay, okay, let's hear all about it. First of all, what, what were the conditions like? What was happening when you got there? Walk us through the whole thing. Okay, so they get you, or they have you fly in about a day or two in advance. They can do interviews solid for the first two days, and then they have you stay up until about 3.30 in the morning. And compete in 33-degree weather, wearing just, like, shorts and a T-shirt. What in the world? (laughs) Wow. 3.30 in the morning, it's 33 degrees. We should have had you run your 40 in these conditions, I think. So how'd you do? Um, I made it about halfway through, and I fell on the second obstacle. Ah! Which was the uh, ring jump? It was the ring jump, correct. Okay. What does that mean? So basically, you have, like, this 
you start on a platform and you have to swing back with the ring and try to hook it onto a hook. And I kept uh. missing it, so I had to keep swinging back. <laughs> I got the chain hooked around it, so I had to flip that off, pop it on. And then when I was trying to get the second hook off, it ended up flipping on me and I just couldn't hold on. That is crazy. <laughs> crazy conditions. Skip Botan, the nerdy ninja, BYU student, just competed recently on America Ninja Warrior. Okay, so we've we've gotten the background on how you kind of became interested in the show. What did you learn from going on that show? Honestly, I just learned that if you have a crazy dream, just what's the worst that can happen? Try your best, and if you fail, you fail, and if not, just keep going. And you overcame uh, a serious condition, apparently, to do this. Tell us about that. Um, so about the second semester of my senior year, I ended up rapidly losing weight. And this is in high school? In high school, correct. Okay. And no, I realized it wasn't normal, so I ended up getting it checked out and would end up being in and out of the hospital for 18 months with a disease called C. diff. And what does that, I mean, what, what, what are the side effects? What happens? Um, so you end up losing, rapidly losing weight. Your body loses the ability to absorb water. Like I want to eat for two weeks at a time because I just feel like lava going down my throat. And it was antibiotic resistant to everything. And one night they're like, well, you know, you need to, if you want to live, you need to pick a reason to live. And if you don't want to live, we'll let you die. Wow. So then what happened? Um, I decided I need to contemplate, prayed, and decided I wanted to serve a mission and compete on Ninja Warrior. In, about a couple, in that order? In that order. <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up giving, or giving me an option for a very interesting transplant. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you were okay after that? You I was, after the transplant, I was cured within two hours. and Within they, two hours? Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Science is amazing. Yeah, science is awesome. Wow. I, I'm, Seems like quite the scare for a two-hour fix, right? Yeah, it was a very – it was just miraculous, literally a miracle. I was going to say that that, that would qualify as a miracle in my definition. So, so now what are you up to? You're, you, you competed in Ninja Warrior, American Ninja Warrior. It aired last night. You're a BYU student. Like, wh- what's the goal now? The goal is to get into medical school – Start the applications are due at the end of the month, and start interviewing I'm afterwards. Sure, I'm sure that what you went yep. through has factored into this. Then, definitely, after the illness I had, that's what made me want to become a doctor mm. to be able and, to help others. And where does American Ninja Warrior fit on the resume? Like when you're applying for med school, like what? It's going to be on there for personality, right? Like where do you put that? Honestly, putting it as number one. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how long in a conversation with a girl does it take to mention American Ninja Warrior? <laughs> Um, usually I try not to bring it up. My roommates are, they're the ones, those are the ones that bring it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're the guys. Gotcha. Well, oh, that's that, well played. That's, that's quite well the played. dating <laughs> resume though. Yeah. Let's see. Um, what have you accomplished in life? Well, uh, I overcame an incredibly difficult disease. I'm a miracle child. I competed on American Ninja Warrior. Basically every dream I've had, uh, I've made come true and I want to be a doctor. So are you interested? <laughs> are you? Yeah. And you can make my dreams come true <laughs> by going on this date with me. That's the next step right there. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great story. That's, uh, that's amazing, dude. And we're watching video of you. Like, to us, that's like parkour stuff. You know, just crawling <laughs> on the wall. And no, the knowing, what, that's you, amazing. knowing what you've gone through to get to that point is, I mean, it's, I'm flabbergasted. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, what, what's your favorite BYU sport to watch or participate in? Like, where do you where do you fall on that scale? Honestly, I'm excited for the 38 days until the BYU football season yeah, starts. Hey, he go. knows the countdown. <laughs> Let's go. He knows the countdown. 
Uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. We, all of our guests that come in Studio B, we, we give them a measure of the karma to go and, and tackle tests that lie ahead in their life, generally athletically. But And that next test will be uh, a history class in the fall semester. Yeah, probably. so <laughs> utilize it how you want to, but uh, it's been great to have you. Let's have you uh, sign. Yeah, we need an American Ninja Warrior. Studio B flag as well. Go ahead and sign the flag, brother. Which name do you like me to sign as? Whatever you want, man. <laughs> Sounds good. Whatever you want. Seriously, you can do whatever you want. Up yeah. next, Cougar Whip Around hits. Skip in the house. BYU Sports Station is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebel, Behind the Mic. His new show launches on August 2nd at 8 Eastern Time. And wow, the interview we just did with BYU student and recent competitor of American Ninja Warrior, Skippy Botan, was eye-opening to say the least. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tanner Mangum's one of 30 quarterbacks on the Davey O'Brien watch list, given to the best quarterback in the country. James, that's me. <laughs> top two opposing quarterbacks <laughs> in the top 10 and 10. Nick Fitzgerald of Mississippi State and Brett Rippon of Boise State were on the list. Cougars in the NFL. It's another yellow card for a third-person reference. All right, I'm out. <laughs> That's two. Get out of here. Cy Tautu and the other New Orleans Saints start fall camp today with the rookies. Tautu had six sacks, 11 tackles for loss last season with BYU. Soccer. Women's soccer coach Jen Rockwood ranks sixth on the college women's soccer website. All-white kit. Yes, you can come back. Ranking Division One women's soccer coaches. Rockwood was ranked 13th on the list last season. I'll do one more. Just I thought so- I got ejected. For this and the next Fine, show. Fine, you, you can do it. Cougars in the minors. Brendan Lund went 2-3 with an RBI for the Inland Empire 66ers in a 9-8 victory over the Mendestal Nuts. 66ers will begin a series against the Visalia Rawhide tomorrow. Cougars in the major leagues. Jacob Rugman, 0-3 for, for the Oakland A's yesterday against the Tampa Bay Rays. Game 3 takes place tonight. Baseball. D.C. Clausen, 1-4 with a double for the Santa Barbara Foresters. Only you can prevent wildfires. In Cougars eight, in the NBA. I'm not done! In an 8-4 loss to the Royal Seco Santos. <laughs> Jen Hampson and the Indiana Fever. Yeah, I got a yellow card, too. You know. Face the Phoenix Mercury today at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. And you need it most. Dexterlaw.com. If you don't Skippy give it to who I Bolton. think you're going to give it to, then you're fired. Skippy. Yes. Ba- Bouton? Bouton. 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 Uh, could have died due to a serious condition. Gets a flesh eating bacteria from the inside. It's a transplant, and then he's on American Ninja Warrior last night. He the doctor wow. says to him, That's cool. "You can, you need to make a decision to live or you can he, die." So think about it. Whoa, that's pretty cool. That's a compelling sports story. Well done, man. Which defensive position group will have the greatest impact for the Furious Five this season? Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Jake Arkin. Got to be the D-line. I don't see a lot of the Furious Five airing the ball out a lot, but they're going to be running the ball for sure. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show is on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Bob Lake. See you tomorrow. What the heck, Bobby?